Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita. I'm the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and if you like to make a comment or have your questions answered, you can text me on 0401-305077, or you can email us info at faithfm.com.au. Visit our website, faithfm.com.au also. Our theme for the week is uh, religion and violence. And our big questions are, uh, why does the Bible contain so much violence? How did Christ deal with violence? Was the God of the Old Testament a violent monster? Domestic violence. Is it me? Can the Holy Spirit change a violent heart? These are some good questions actually to deal with, particularly in the time we live in. But our co-host today is uh, Helen Gray. And Helen is a pastoral care worker in the beautiful region of Borossa Valley. Birdwood. Birdwood. But <laughs> it's, uh, is that Birdwood? I was in Borossa before. But I'm oh, in you are in Borossa. Yes. Oh, I knew something. But, you know, Birdwood is not that far from Borossa. No, either. <laughs> and it's a beautiful region, too. It is. It's lovely. And uh, if you like to visit South Australia and Birdwood, uh, oh, there are nice places there. Uh, what's the name of the other little town there with the big rocky horse there? That's I always Gameraka, say, yeah. yes, that's right. I say it wrong every time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I said tend to say Gumaraka. Gumaraka. Tell me that's not quite right. Gameraka. Gameraka. And uh, Helen is really good to have you with us today. Thank you, Nick. Now, um, some people who are uh, uh, you know faithful listeners to Faith FM, uh, they may uh, wonder uh, where is our. Uh, Usual co-host, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Joseph, but you stepped in for Joseph today and it's very mm-hmm. good to have you with us uh, today. We'll uh, hear you again not uh, um, so long, you know, in a mm-hmm. couple of days. On Thursday. On mm-hmm. Thursday you are with Fabiano. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I always enjoy when, uh, we're coming together and Thank talk. You, uh, and mm-hmm. I pray to God that today, as we are looking into this quite a serious, uh, important subject about religion and violence and how we um, tackle this uh, issue mm-hmm. because violence is a thing so much present everywhere mm-hmm. in family. In and it appears to be getting worse, doesn't it? Yes, yes, you're right. Uh, I mean, starting, as I said, from, from the family and going to the neighborhood and into the, into the um, community and then Everywhere in the world, uh, it's very rare to f- to think of a place in the world mm-hmm. where you may not hear anything about violence. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, can't, I, I didn't come across yet with, uh, um, you know, um, <laughs> heaven on earth. <laughs> I think the only one I can think of is the monk that sat on top of the pole for 30 mm. years or something. And he did probably. Oh, maybe he experienced some violence, somebody throwing to, uh, at him some, have, some things. Yes. But you know, this, uh, this topic, Helen, it's uh, so relevant uh, oh. today. I mean, just uh, so. even, even thinking in, uh, in terms of, I mean, th- this program is not um, to do a political debate here. Yeah. You know, uh, we want to uplift uh, um, the Word of God, the Bible, Amen. and to get to know God more 
to get God better and to come closer to God and find peace and rest yes. uh, with Him. But you know, I cannot help but just think even right now what's happening in um, in the world and particularly in the United States, you mm-hmm. know, after the elections there and you see uh, things are, you know, taking different uh, turns there uh, and so much violence in a country where uh, used to be known as the greatest democracy on, in, yes. in, in the world. And usually most of the election day, they, they were quite peaceful, even though they changing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sides there. And, mm. uh, uh, but to this time it's a bit different. Yes. It's a bit different. Mm. I've seen the other day on the news, uh, lots of violence on the streets and the, you know, Donald Trump just uh, driving through and even, you know, waving to people and thumbs up. And I, I didn't understand what was that, what sort of message was, um, you know, uh, going there. But, mm. you know, today, through this program, Helen, we really like to, to look into the Bible mm-hmm. uh, and find some answers uh, to to the questions we have for the whole week. But particularly for the one which we are going to look into today. And uh, the question is, Helen, why does the Bible contain so much violence? I guess to give a short answer before we get really right into it, the Bible is very honest. You know, it doesn't cover up. You know, our lives are made of dark times and light times. And, And I like to think God is weaving or allowing us to have a tapestry woven and eventually, when you turn the tapestry over, it's going to be a beautiful picture. Mm, mm. But without the dark, any artist would know, without the dark and the light shadings, it's not a beautiful picture. Mm. Now, you can say, yeah, well, we don't want the violence. And no, we don't want the violence. Sadly, it came. And we're going to discuss that um, this mm, afternoon mm, as mm. to how it entered our earth in the first place. Because, you know, when you, you start to go into the Bible and you start to look at things, too many people blame God. Yes, that's You true. know, in fact, most people, and we're going to deal with this question on Wednesday, so I won't steal Gary's thunder, David's thunder, but too many people, as soon as something goes wrong, why did God do that? Why does God allow suffering? Why does God allow pain? You know, and... It, it gets me a little bit when you say to people, do you believe in God? No, I don't believe in God. I don't need God. And the next thing they're blaming God, mm. you know, and I really wish people would take the time to get to know him. But for me, when I think, why does the Bible contain a lot of violence? Because it is part and parcel of humanity. Mm-hmm. And we need to see the result of violence and what it's causing, what's caused it and what it's causing in our society. And then we need to look at the hope. You know, I don't want to leave today without leaving people with hope because with Christ, it's endless hope, but without him, it's a hopeless mm, end. I like that. You know, so that's, that's where we're heading. Mm, beautiful. And, and now, as I, uh, as I said, we really want to look in the Bible. I mean, Helen, I mean, does the Bible really contain a lot of violence? Absolutely. And, and sadly, yes, yes. Um, I, I actually looked up the word Violence. If you'll bear with me a moment, I like looking at Hebrew. And the Hebrew um, Bible, Old Testament, the word chamas means violence or wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. And it's a primary term that the Bible uses for the word violence. It's actually first used in Genesis 6 verse 11. And it says there, the earth was corrupt in God's sight and the earth was filled with violence. Mm. So there it's come in already. In fact, it goes back before then. 
but that's the one that that where the word is actually mm-hmm. used, violence. Mm-hmm. You know, it actually occurs 60 times in the Hebrew Bible, that right. word. And it's almost always used to identify physical violence. In Genesis 49.5, you wouldn't have it there. Have you got it there? Genesis, which verse? 49.5. 49.5. Okay, we read here from New King James. Simon yes. and mm-hmm. Levi are brothers. Mm-hmm. Instruments of cruelty. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, are in their dwelling place. So, okay, yes. Okay, that word cruelty, cruelty, is exactly the same word in Hebrew as the word for violence. Uh-huh. You know, I know why you stopped when you said, is that the right one you want? Yeah, th- but, you know, when you start looking into some of these words, charmous, it means cruelty. Right. As, as well. So it's it's not like, oh, violence, or oh, somebody's out there yelling at someone. It's not. It's It's a broader concept than that. And, you know... In, in Judges 9.24, it actually, but we're not looking at that. It actually uses the same word. But we're talking here about human violence, not divine, because that's going to be dealt with on Wednesday. And interesting what you're saying, that because we're talking about Simon here, yes. and we're talking about Le, uh, Levi, Levi. Mm-hmm. which we know, I mean, people, if uh, they, have, they have a basic knowledge of the Bible, they will know that the Levites, uh, yes. they were uh, like priests. Yes. and uh, they were set apart, uh, set apart from work. God. And still mm-hmm. here, you, yes. you have that uh, connection yes. with these uh, two brothers, because I believe they have a high temper. Yeah, uh, well, I think it's interesting. It's called instruments of cruelty. Mm. Both of them. Mm. Not just one, but both of them. And don't you find that in today's world? You know, um, Nick, when you actually consider, you know, one person might stand up for what they believe is the truth. And then somebody else comes along and starts to grizzle and complain and criticize. And then that one swings over. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, whether that be peer pressure or what, you've got a gang you're right. Do you notice how You're that right. happens? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I remember now uh, in the Bible that uh, blessed are the, you know, the peacemakers. 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 Yeah. Because, you know, you, you have here, as you just said, two brothers. Mm. I mean, how wonderful would it be the one of them to say, hey, look, hang on a second. Just, 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 just hang on a second. Mm. Don't go this path or the other one. And, uh, I heard about this. I'm not sure uh, if that was really God's intention or Jesus' intention that Jesus sent even his disciples two by two that they may be able to encourage each encourage. other and to support each other in, in yeah. case of somebody is going uh, a bit on, let's say, different way mm. or mm. lose a bit temper or, you know, mm. patience somewhere mm. that that one may see from outside and say, hang on, you know. It's almost like the when when we are looking at the chess uh, uh, game, you know, the table, all is the, the move is seen better from outside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But look, uh, probably that's a, a poor um, uh, an, uh, analogy there, but uh, I, I believe uh, we could learn, even from that passage, uh, some things. Mm-hmm. Mm. What, when you were just talking there, I was thinking two brothers, right back in Genesis 4, I think it is, Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. You know, one was righteous, the other one wasn't. The other one that wasn't righteous had anger, yes, envy, jealousy. And what was the end result? He killed his brother. Violence, you know. Um, sometimes the word in, in Scripture refers to extreme wickedness. You know, you get the idea here, you know, where physical violence may or may not be involved. 
You know, um, on Thursday we're going to talk about domestic violence and some people think it's only physical. Yeah. Well, we're going to discuss that in depth on um, on Thursday, but violence or abuse can be mental, mm-hmm. it can be social, mm-hmm. it can be just somebody wants the power, you know, and, and they're controlling. It can be a number of things. Um, Chamas also may also refer to verbal violence mm-hmm. or ethnic violence, you know, or ethical violence, where somebody puts down all the time. But, you know, the Torah, what do we count as the Torah? Oh, the Torah, it's uh, the, uh, the, first. the first five books. Yes, first mm. five books of the Bible. Well, they have a term there very similar. It's called gazai, and it means to rob. And there's another one, Asak, which means oppress. But it's all to do with violence. And they're frequently used in combination mm. of to describe human violence. In other words, if you read through the Old Testament, you'll, you'll see they're talking about um, taking from people, robbing people, plundering, oppression to the poor, which may or may not, as I said, include physical, mm-hmm. verbal or other types. And they are also used separately throughout the Hebrew Bible. You know, robbing the poor is a violent thing to do. And and we've got many texts that we could go on with that, you know, withholding wages of a hired person, political oppression, charging oppressive interest, oppressing the outsider in their midst, and as acts of violence. You know, I've just picked out a few texts there that are mentioning all these. So it encompasses... The listener cannot see my hands going. (laughs) (laughs) It it encompasses a lot of things when you think about it. That's true. That's true. Would you like to uh, just point to a couple of those passages in the Bible, like uh, before we move on with uh, another question? Well, if you want to look up Hosea 12.7. All right. Let's look in in Isaiah, um, Isaiah chapter... Oh, you're going to that one, okay. Okay, yeah. what, whatever you want me no, to... No, I just said, how about we pick Hosea 12.7, because that's yeah, yeah. something that's 12, 7. pertinent in this world. Okay. Hosea. Hosea 12, verse 7, and it reads, A cunning, Canaanite, deceitful, scaleless are in his hand. Mm-hmm. He Cunning. loves to oppress. Yes. Again, that word, you know. Yeah. Oppress. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and look at the context of all that, it's actually to do with political oppression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we see that in our world today, don't we? In different countries. And some of us may feel that way. Of course, you know, here we've got another episode of, and we've got to mention it, COVID here in South Australia. And people feel that they're being under oppression when they're told can't get through the borders yeah, or, yeah. you know, lock up. But, you know, um, so, yeah, and we could go through more uh, if you want to. Mm. Isaiah um, 3.14, robbing the poor. You know, yeah. if, if you really get stuck into it, there is so much violence. In fact, there is violence in the old. There is also violence in the new. <laughs> you might remember Herod? Yes. What did he do to the children? Yeah, no, sadly, sadly to kill the innocent children yeah. just because of uh, uh, him fearing that uh, somebody will come to take his That's place. Exactly you know? right. Mm. That's evil. Yeah, that is evil. I mean, even and if yet- even if that was the case, put it this way, you know, uh, uh, what had to do, you know, all those uh, innocent uh, people and not the uh, babies, but not only the babies, but yes. the parents, the mothers. Yes. The, yes. Yeah, you're right. Yes. All right, uh, Helen, let me just ask you another question yes. here. If God created a perfect world, I mean, as we believe that, you know, God mm-hmm. is love, God is perfect, where did all the evilness come from? 
Okay, I want a short answer or a long one? Oh, look, give me the medium one. <laughs> okay. Well, I believe, and not everybody believes this, but I believe the Bible is very clear showing us it came from the devil mm. or Satan. And, of course, and that begs another question. Yeah, did God create it then, uh, yeah. the evil one, yes, Satan? Yes, I've, I've heard people ask that. But, you know, if we can look back to before man was actually created, God actually created the angels. Mm. And we were created a little lower than the angels. But he created the angels, and he created them as robots. Yeah. As robots? No, not as robots at all. He created them with a freedom of choice. Mm. And God didn't create a devil either, but he created a perfect and beautiful angel named Lucifer. And that name means light bearer. You know, now how can you associate that with evil? You know, but just wait. Lucifer himself chose to rebel against God. And as I said, he had the freedom of choice. It was Lucifer's own choice that alienated him from the heart of God. And if you read for me, please, Ezekiel twenty-eight fifteen. All Ezekiel right. twenty-eight fifteen, and let's just have a look what God says about Lucifer. All right, Ezekiel twenty-eight, verse fifteen. Verse fifteen, and I'm reading again from uh, New King James. You are. Perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. What's the word iniquity mean? All right. Uh, iniquity, it's uh, sin. Yes. Yes. So until sin was found in him, okay, God gave them freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. He took a risk. He knew that people could either choose to follow him and have life more abundantly or go off on their own tangent. Mm-hmm. You know, and he extended that to every created being. That means you and me as well. It's a special gift. It's a gift of freedom of choice. And people today are free to choose to serve God or free to choose not to serve him. You know, um, it's it's like you you have drinks in front of you and you say to an alcoholic, here's a drink. Yeah. That alcoholic who has sworn off drink has a choice. He can choose to say no or he can choose to reach out and drink it. Mm, you mm. know, it's a choice. And, you know, it's it's the decision to sin was a choice on, on behalf of Lucifer as well as on behalf of who were the first people created. Adam and Eve, yeah. right. And just the same, we can choose to sin or we can choose to obey God. Mm. And by the way, there are consequences further along, but we'll talk a little bit more yeah, about that. Yeah, and just uh, before we move on, um, yeah. as you pointed out, I just realized, you know, in the Bible, when uh, the Bible talks about uh, the effects of sin, yes. and particularly what um, Lucifer, this... Uh, uh, wonderful, you know, being, you know, there, and oh, amazing when you read in Isaiah about uh, about him. Uh, in the Bible is not mentioned a lot about Lucifer uh, when it's associated with the sin, but talks about the devil mm. and Satan. Mm. Because you see, that's uh, from Lucifer, he became the devil. A devil. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he was the uh, majestic Yes. Majestic uh, created being there in heaven. Yes. But from Lucifer, he became 
Satan. Yes. A demon. And yeah. a, a dem, de, demon. Mm-hmm. And that's wh- how the Bible talks about it. Very rarely uh, the Bible talks about Lucifer in terms of the effects of uh, the sin. Yes. Yes. But now I would like to go a little bit further and um, uh, ask you this uh, question, Helen, because we, we really want to, to understand a few basic things. I mean, yeah. why did Lucifer rebel against God? Why, what, what do you think, what the Bible says was going on in his mind to rebel against okay, God? Okay, well, let's, let's bring it down to humanity here. Why do we rebel against God or against another human being? Why? Well, uh, 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 just thinking on the spot like that, we may think that we rebel because we do, uh, we don't like the way they uh, do things, mm. or we think that we can do better than them. Which means that you want your own way. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. You know, remember the song "I Did It My Way." Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, that comes into mind. But let's look at Isaiah. You've mentioned Isaiah. Let's look at Isaiah chapter fourteen. And we'll look at 12 to 14 to start with, Nick, thanks. All right, Isaiah chapter 14, and we read from verse 12 to 14. Mm -hmm. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who awakened the nations. For you shall said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation, on the furthest side of the north. I will ascend above the highest of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Do you wow. notice the repetition? The, the, sorry, repetition. I will, I will, I will. I will, and I will. Do you think this guy had um, eye trouble? <laughs> yeah, we, we heard about him. He have uh, eye syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and remarkably, when you stop and think about it, where Lucifer was in heaven, he was a covering cherub, mm-hmm. you know, and, and here he was. He wanted to sit in God's place. How many people are in the workplace and say, well, I could do a better job than the boss? You know, instead yeah. of, you know, being yeah. grateful for what they're doing or whatever. He wanted to receive leadership, rulership, and worship. I read, read somewhere it said if you, give, if you give Satan an inch, he'll become your ruler. Yeah. yeah. You know, as in a ruler. <laughs> and I thought that was quite well done. He was dissatisfied with his own elevated position as a covering cherub, dwelling in the very presence of God, Ezekiel tells us. And he rebelled against God in an attempt to receive the honor that belongs only to God. Mm. People want to go on an ego trip. You know, Jesus came to this earth as a humble, humble, tiny little baby. Mm, Did he mm, not? Mm. You know, and, and we, need to, we need to emulate him. But people get jealous and what have you. And, and I, just, I just can't. I, I've tried. I've tried to sit down and think, how could he have wanted more than what he had? How could he have Yeah, really that's very difficult to comprehend that more, thing, you yeah, know. he mm. had everything. It was perfect. He had the adoration of angels. But you just said that he had the freedom of choice. Yes, he And did. that's what he exercised, yes. unfortunately. Yeah. In, um, in because he became jealous. Yeah. Envious. He was left out of that 
tight circle where you have God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You see, Lucifer was a created being. Yeah. He wasn't in the divine Godhead, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he wanted to be. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, yeah. to to mention because uh, um, he considered, and in the text, in the passages we read, they said, "I want, I will be like the Most High." Yes. He wants to be like God. Yes. You know, I mean, even though we all we are created in the image of God, you know, uh, in many aspects we are uh, uh, like God. I mean, not not the eternal, you know, no. like like God, but we we are we are carrying that beautiful thing which mm. comes from God and he obviously um, he was the star of the morning you know yes. uh, wonderfully mm. created and the leader of the angelical hosts but he went the step further he wanted to be like God but in actual fact in the end he wanted to be God mm. he wanted the worship he wanted the adoration of every every creature but including you, God. Yeah, but you said something there that uh, because he was, and I know uh, this is another topic probably for another mm. um, program, that he was not um, consulted, you know, on no. uh, in, in regard to the, you know. The uh, inner circle, if you like. Yeah. Mm. Um, creation of man. Yes. You know, and all other things. Yes. Um, and he he may wanted to be involved in that. But we don't know. We, we, just, no. uh, we just speculate in this uh, regard why triggered uh, or what triggered mm. him to mm. act like that but regardless mm. of what regardless mm. you may not have everything what you want in your uh, life mm. but if you are happy with what you have yes. not what you want what you have mm. then you can live a, a quite good life isn't that have you noticed that people that have a lot always seem to want more mm-hmm. you know I, I i was up in the islands for many years nick and I would see some of the ladies walking around with what they call a billum on their head. It would, was a, a woven basket. Right. They had all their possessions in that, and they were happy, mm-hmm. Nick. I'd known two millionaires in my life, and I have to tell you that neither of them were happy. Yeah, you're right. And how sad is that? Yeah. Uh, I have in mind another question here, yes. Helen, for you. Uh, I mean, does the, the Bible give um, any further indication as to why Satan really rebelled against God. Well, yeah, if we go back and have another look at Ezekiel 28, 12 to 17, and the first thing you'll notice, it's talking about a king of Tyrus, but when you go down further and you put it all together, you'll realize that it was actually talking about Lucifer. Mm, mm, so if you mm. can share that with us, I know a couple of the verses we probably, probably twenty eight fifteen we read before. But yeah, we may go just from um, twelve to seventeen. Tw- okay, read all the verses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, twenty eight, and we'll start from uh, verse uh, twelve, and we read, "Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre, and say to him." Thus says the Lord God, you are sealed of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You are in Eden, the garden of God. Very precious stone was your covering. The sarges, I'm trying to think the, oh, the name of those ones. <laughs> I just realized I Top, gave you a hard topaz, bit to read, sorry. And diamond, beryl, onyx and jasper. Sapphire, turquoise, and uh, emeralds, emerald with gold, the workmanship of your timbrels mm-hmm. and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You are the anointed cherub 
hukavars hukavars mm-hmm. i establish you you're on the holy mountain of god you walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones you are perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you and we read that passage yes. just a bit earlier by the abundance of your trading trading you became filled with violence and this is the you know the p- part where, where we mm-hmm. we are focusing on a little bit today then mm-hmm. you you become filled with violence within and you sinned therefore i cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of god and i destroy you o covering cherub from the mists of the fiery stones and verse 17 yes your heart was lifted up because of your beauty you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor i cast you to the ground i lay you before kings that they might gaze at you how sad <clears throat> I guess it just really really hit me when you were reading that. How sad for God to say those things to mm. his created being. Mm. You know, I could al- almost sense I nearly got into tears then. I could almost sense the sorrow. God saying you were absolutely perfect. Mm. You were beautiful. You know, if you could imagine a shining light. He was a light bearer. And God had to say I have to cast you. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it reminds me a little bit of Deuteronomy where God gives the blessings and the cursing and said, "Which one do you want?" And the children of Israel took the cursings. Mm. Mm. Yeah. How crazy was that? You know, he was endowed, Lucifer was endowed with wisdom and beauty, and Satan only sought honor for himself rather than the honor of God. Mm. And you know, that's self-centered thinking. That's not God-centered. That's self centered it's in direct contrast to the self-sacrificing love of the god of heaven and god is love and we'll talk more about that on wednesday mm. yeah yeah beautiful hey helen uh, just uh, before we moving on uh, i would like to de- just take a short break uh, here and we are talking today about religion and uh, violence now some of you listening out there you may experience yourself some form of violence in your life. I really want to you to consider uh, today and this time as we are talking about that there is a wonderful loving God who will care for you, who will listen Amen. to you, who will understand what you are going through. And the song I like to uh, to play right now is called Cast Your Cares by uh, Daryl Sawyer. Stay with us on Faith FM, Drive Time BQ Q&A, and we'll be back shortly.
You are listening to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is Helen Gray. We are dealing with a question, why does the Bible contain so much violence? And as I mentioned just before the break, if you experience violence in your life, you know, like the song said, cast your cares upon oh, Jesus and uh, he understands everything what you're going through. We may not understand. People sometimes may not understand each other. And you may be disappointed even in regard to the loved ones which are nearest to you. But nobody is nearer than Jesus, than God himself. And I really encourage you to uh, to give your life to God, to establish that connection with God and have a relationship with God. But the good news uh, today I'm going to um, offer um, as our habit is uh, a free offer to you all and a brand new uh, book uh, called Advent. And I would like Helen to ask you to just present that book to our listeners. And if you like to get that book in your hands, please don't hesitate even right now to send a, a message to 0401-305-077. We'll, we may repeat that number. Or visit our website, faithfm.com.au, write an email to info at faithfm.com.au. But Helen, what you can tell us about that wonderful book called Advent? Okay, can I just say something about the song too before we get on to that? Sure. Um, <clears throat> Nick, that really touched my heart. You know, cast your cares upon him. He knows about the sparrows 
You know, I was just lying in bed the other night and my tendency every night is to pull the curtain back and look at the stars. There's particular stars that seem to shine brighter than others and I always feel comfortable looking at the stars. And I read in scripture where he created the stars and he sustains them and he knows them all by name. Mm -hmm. And yet I also read that there are more stars than um, grains of sand Mm -hmm. on the earth. Yep. Yet he knows them all. He is he is the most powerful being and he knows everything about us. Mm. And he loves us. We're a little tiny dot. And he loves us. And that's just amazing. In fact he loved us he, enough that something happened on earth that mm. was so significant that every year we pause and we sing songs about it. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm talking about. We share gifts with each other and we retell the story. Something happened that changed everything and that something was good. And you may read about it in this beautiful book that's just come out. And it's um, somebody that read it. He said, it is not easy to bring freshness to the story of Jesus' birth, but this author is a storyteller and in his hand this magnificent story comes to life beautiful collection you will be drawn into the heart of incarnation with all its earthiness danger inclusivity and glory and you know what i found about this book there are 31 chapters Mm -hmm. and it's 31 reflections if you like to explore of why jesus even came and offer us hope and you can use this book as an Advent book. Mm-hmm. By that I mean you start like an Advent calendar. You start with Chapter 1 on December 1. Mm-hmm. And you can read it with your family. And then you have Chapter 2 on December 2 and all the way through. Or, of course, you can read it completely through. Mm-hmm. But it is beautiful. They're short chapters. And I certainly am enjoying it very much. So I would recommend beautiful it. Beautiful book. Listen. And hearing yes. the good uh, news Mm-hmm. In the story of Jesus' birth. Yep. And um, if you like that book right now, free of charge, no obligation, don't hesitate. Put your hands on the phone, give us a call, yep. I mean, send an SMS right now on 0401 And we are, uh, will be more than happy to deliver that book to your door. And particularly if you live here in South Australia, I will make sure that that book will, will come to your door as soon as possible. Good news for all people. Yes, and we are very happy to uh, give gifts uh, yes, when we can. Love it. All right, uh, Helen, let's come back uh, to our um, study today. And um, now let's look a, a little bit more into this. What was the result of uh, Lucifer's rebellion against God? Okay, well, Revelation in uh, chapter 12 verse 7 tells us what actually happened if we go right back to the great controversy to start with and Nick have you got Revelation 12 7 or can you quickly turn to it for me please Revelation chapter 12 12, verse 7 7. tell me what actually happened when he was rebellious alright we read again from the New King James and war broke out in heaven Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. Okay, now let me just explain that. Mm. War in heaven is something that we would never dream of, right? Yes, yeah, yeah you're war right. War in heaven, we see it on earth. Perfect but, uh, place, yeah. Yes, but mm-hmm. here we were, if you can just visualize it, Lucifer started lobbying. 
you know, as we see in parliaments, you mm-hmm. know, they go around. And Lucifer did that with the angels, and he started to put doubt in some of their minds. In fact, he was undermining God's leadership, if you, if you looked at it. And to the extent that one-third of the angels gave their allegiance and chose to Satan. Wow. One-third. And, you know, and they, they chose to stand against God. And we're told that um, in Revelation 12.4. But, you know, if you can just imagine that scene in heaven, the dragon, we, if you go in and have a look at it, the dragon is referring to Satan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and it says, and dragon fought and his angels. So here we had war in heaven. And Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the other side was the dragon and his angels fought. I'd like to tell you that um, God is so much stronger than Satan, and on our side, he has two-thirds of the angels, and Satan only got one-third. It's yeah. in our favor yeah, to that's, that's right. But look, uh, Helen, just uh, time is going quite um, yes. quickly today, and I, I want to ask another question yes. here. I mean, how did the human beings become, become involved in, uh, in this uh, warfare? Okay. Well, Satan was actually cast down to earth, and Scripture will tell us that. But Gen- Genesis 3, verse 6, tells us about the story of Adam and Eve and how Satan came and tempted and she shouldn't have been walking on her own to start with, but she was. There was one tree in the garden she was not allowed to touch. Remember? Mm. And Satan took over the serpent. Now, the serpent then is not like the serpents we know now. The serpent was a beautiful creature. Mm-hmm. And um, through studying that, we, we believe the serpent actually had wings. And here it was in a tree, the very tree that God said, don't touch, and a talking serpent. Now, that alone would have been curiosity, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Now, if Eve had have known about Psalm ver- Psalms 1, she may not have gone that far because Psalm 1 tells us the three steps that take us down into sin. And it says, you know, don't, don't stand in the way of sinners. Don't, don't walk their path and don't sit in the seat of the scornful. But she hesitated. She listened. And Genesis 3, 6 says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and good for the eyes, what did she do? Mm, she mm. took it. Yes. She took it. So, And then she gave it to Adam, and he took it. Now, the question that comes up in minds is, why did God actually not just zap Lucifer straight away? Get rid of him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, no more violence, no more sin, no more, you know, what have you. But, you know, if God had have done that, one third of the angels already had swung over. The other ones would have been convinced, well, God is a tyrant. Yeah. If you step out of line, he's going to zap you. Yeah. So here we are seeing sin on this world, very sad, but it'll get to the point where no one will want to see sin yeah. ever again. Yeah. You know, And it's, it's really sad when you think of how Adam and Eve had all that purity in a perfect place. Their sin separated them from God, and it brought the planet our planet Earth, under the dominion of the enemy, mm-hmm. which is Satan. You know, the Bible tells us in Romans 3.23, it says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. So we're like our first parents. The Bible is saying, all have sinned. That's you and me. Mm-hmm. And, and we fall short of the glory of God. But like Adam and Eve, we also become under the penalty of sin which is death, the Bible tells me. <clears throat> but at the same token, we can make a choice. Yes. Eve made a choice. Adam made a choice. You know, 
<clears throat> and then we have a choice. But if you look at planet Earth, we are now the epicenter of the great battle mm. between Christ and Satan. Satan misrepresents God, misrepresents God on earth. He tempts people to doubt the goodness and fairness of God. Then Jesus came on the earth to reveal to the human family the true character of God. God is long-suffering. God is love. God is generous. God is kind. You know, there's so many things in his character. And every person alive has that choice today to accept Satan's view of what God is like mm -hmm. or to view God presented to the world mm -hmm. by Jesus. Mm -hmm. Our choices ultimately determine whether or not we believe God is love. Yeah, and, and Helen, um, uh, talking about uh, Lucifer, talking about Satan, yes. you know, now, and what is the result of um, his choice? What is Satan's ultimate fate in this conflict between okay. God and evil? You, if you can quickly turn to me, please, Revelation 20.10 and share with us what the Bible says. Not my words, but your words. Revelation 20, verse 10. 10, and these are not my words either, but no. these are the words of the <laughs> gospel uh, of the Bible. And we read here, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented Day and night, forever and ever. That means until they're completely destroyed. Yes. And I want to shout hallelujah. Mm, because mm. I tell you what, I am tired of the violence in this mm. world. I'm tired of the suffering that I see around. But does God want people to perish? No, of course not. What does John 3.16 tell us? Mm, beautiful verse, yes. What does it say? We should know that without looking yeah, up scripture. Yeah, yeah. For God. So love the world. That he gave. His only begotten son. That Whoever, whosoever, uh, believe in him, yeah, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Very good. And guess what? That whosoever is you and me and every listener. Mm. Whosoever. God doesn't want anybody to perish. You know, to make a way for sinful people to experience eternal life and recovery from the power of sin, God himself paid the ultimate price when he allowed Jesus to Beautiful. come to this earth to die for us. And you will read about that in the book that we're yeah. offering as well. Yeah. Such a sacrifice reveals that God is not indifferent, to, indifferent towards suffering and sin. In fact, sin has cost God far more than it will ever cost any of us. Yeah. Any of us. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, uh, Helen, in a world of sin and suffering, who do we have to look forward to? Well, you know, I think not only who, but what. If we look up to Peter 3.13, it's a promise that God has made. And this is hope for us. This is it's just going to be the most amazing time, which I can hardly wait. 2 Peter 3.13. Have you got that, Nick? Or you want me to read that one? Yes, uh, Second please. Peter. I wish you'd stop that clock. Uh, that's yes, okay. Second Peter chapter 3. And, and verse 13, 13 mm -hmm. again, which uh, says this, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Oh, amen and amen and amen, Nick. Yeah. God's promise is that he will remake this world in perfection and beauty. Like he made it in the first place. It will be a world, though, without sin, mm. without suffering, and the enemy will no longer taunt 
or tempt and guilt and sorrow mm. will no longer exist. Is mm. that good news? Beautiful. And... Uh, you know, even at the beginning, uh, that word was uh, that uh, heaven and was perfect. You know, yes. But right now, uh, with all the results of sin, you know, and uh, uh, you know the results of Lucifer's act, selfishness, the selfishness, mm. all the heavens and earth know it, yes. and no human being on this earth. Would like to say that oh, I really like like oh. this uh, <laughs> this life, you know. Even though you may have whatever you want, mm. still in the end we live in a very troubled world. Now, interesting enough, I'd like to just mention one thing here, Helen. Mm. You know what? I learned that education cannot change this reality we live in. Mm. You know, we can educate each other, but that cannot change the reality. No. Change can come only through the work of the Holy Spirit in our heart. Amen. And that's what we like to share with our listeners, Mm -hmm. that we really need to give it to the Lord, to give it to Jesus, all our troubled heart, all all our situation, to give it to Jesus and allow him to change our life and experience a little portion of heaven on earth because we can here, we can... um, Put aside all those differences and uh, work together for a less, you know, I mean, we cannot stop violence on this earth until Jesus will come and Mm. put an end to it. Um, But we can make a change. You know, we can make a change in our own life. Yes. And that's very, very important. And I've often said to people, look, it's not important so much how people act towards you. It's important how you react to them. Mm. Because the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. And I've seen that happen. You know, where somebody comes flying at you with something and they're kind of taken apart because you're not yelling at them. Mm, you're not mm. screaming at them. You're a peacemaker. And only God can give that love and peace in your heart when you know the person in front of you yeah. is violent yeah. or hateful um, or even cruel. And I see so many people that are filled with this hatred and, and they look hard in the face, Nick. And yet you see someone who's given their life to Christ and it shines through and their face is softer. Mm. You know, it's like God is dwelling in their heart. I had a lady the other day in the shopping center. She was sharing with me some of the things that have hurt her. And um, she's gone out of her way to help her, her um, one of the family members. And they've been using her and being really nasty towards her. And um, I said to her, I said, well, which would you rather be? Would you rather have a heart like they've got or would you rather have a heart that you've got? Mm-hmm. And I said, seriously, you wouldn't want to be like that, would you? And she said, no. Mm. There is a difference. And it's the Holy Spirit that makes a difference, Nick. Absolutely. Yep. Helen, um, mm. in two minutes, what would you like to say to whoever is listening out there and to encourage, as I said earlier, in case of somebody experienced right now? some sort of violence mm-hmm. in uh, in their uh, home or, you know, just going through some rough time, what would you like to say? Well, just what you said before, Nick, there is hope, even though when you're in that situation, and I can relate, and I will share some of that story on Thursday with people, um, you're in that situation, you may have lost your identity, you may not know where to go, who to turn, and you might be feeling shameful. You don't want to even share with anybody. I know I went through that myself. But, you know, God loves you. He loves you with a love that is unconditional. 
He will always be there for you. He says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. My prayer that I say now is, Lord, you said you'd never leave me nor forsake you. May I never leave you or forsake Mm. you. You know, may we have that communion. He makes a difference. He gets you through the tough times. And, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. It's not a slow-moving train that's going to run you over. But please, get to know Jesus. He is the best friend. My self-esteem comes from Jesus, absolutely. Without him, I would be six feet under. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you very much for that, Helen. How would you like to pray uh, oh, yes. for us and uh, our listeners? Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, Lord, it is with delight that we come to bring honor and glory and praise to you and you alone. And thank you, Lord, that even though we see the violence and we see see the suffering and we see the hurt Lord and it hurts us but Lord you see it throughout the whole world and it magnifies over and over how you cope with that Lord only a God can do a God of love you love the sinner but you don't like the sin Father, help us to love each other. Help us, Lord, through the tough times and the good times, that we will choose you, that we will want to open the Bible, pray for the Holy Spirit to give Mm. us the discernment, and get to know you, and you are the God of love. Help us to see that, Father, and help us to have that hope that one day, very soon, you're coming in the clouds, and you're going to take us home. Those people that have said, yes, Lord, please say yes to him Mm. today, so that when he comes, you can be amongst the saved and experience the most beautiful life that we could ever, ever imagine. Yes. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard the wonderful things that God has prepared for you. Please take time to get to know him. Give your life to him. Live life more abundantly now and for eternity. I pray in the precious loving name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. It looks like our time is up for today. And thank you for joining Nick Rita and Helen Gray today on Big Q&A. And please join us again next time when we are looking at that question, how did Christ deal with violence? You can also send me a SMS message on 0401-305-077 if you have any question. And also getting that book, Advent, hearing the good news in the story of Jesus birth. May God richly bless you. And I'll leave you with this uh, passage also. I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you isn't like the peace of the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. This is in John fourteen twenty seven, And the song is Change My Heart, O God. Change my heart, O
May I be like you.